Works here. Welcome everyone to our sh new short series we're going to be launching here. It's going to be called Money Mythbusters. Uh, and first off, I'm Alfred. Nathan. Thanks for joining us, Nate. We're really excited actually um, to kind of change up the way that we do things um, for uh, Compass Capital. We're going to start hosting this uh, mini series here. Uh, and it's titled Money Mythbusters because we want to bring a little bit of our experience and education and tackle some of the common questions that we get, uh, common misunderstandings that we see from clients, uh, but bring it to you guys uh, in short versions, hopefully less than 30 minutes, so that you guys can uh, uh, further understand what you guys may be going through uh, on your own personal finances, okay? Uh, again, the topic today we're gonna be covering is RSU income. So as Compass Capital, we're located in the Bay Area. So Nathan and I work with a ton of clients uh, just around uh, the tech sector, biotech sector, or just companies in general that offer equity compensation. Now, of course, if you're joining this, us right now on Facebook, uh, it's probably because that RSU terminology already makes sense to you. Like it's already resonating. Uh, so I won't go into too much detail what RSUs look like, um, but uh, more so some of the confusion that we get around that, okay? Uh, before we jump in, our legal team would like us to read off a couple disclosures. Uh, and of course, uh, one of the things is that this presentation or live stream isn't to be confused or construed as personal advice. This is just general education that we are providing. Um, and we're not here to make an offer or solicit you to buy any investment or uh, securities. It's, again, purely so that you can learn more about your RSU income. All right. Cool, Nate. You ready to get started? Excited. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, so what do we talk about? When we talk about RSU incomes, the first thing that we hear is, Alfred, they've already taken enough tax, right? When you get started and I'm, I'm uh, receive or they use the term vested of my RSU uh, shares, aren't they already taking 40% tax out for this? Like that's a lot right. of money, right? Like what's yeah. a better understanding of that 40% Nate? Yeah, I mean, clients come to us with that situation also piggybacking off of the fact that they just had a huge tax bill. It's like, oh, why do I owe tens of thousands of dollars of tax every year? I didn't do that. It wasn't my mistake. Um, and yeah, you're right. 40% seems like a lot of taxes. Um, before we get into that, just to clarify, we're talking about sell to cover, right? So when you vest your shares, the company through E-Trade or Fidelity, they're all going to sell 40% of your shares regardless of any action that you take. And then again, that's an estimated tax withholding, estimated at 40%. Now that 40% isn't all to the IRS. There are other tax authorities out there. It's California. If you're here in California with us, it's a social security, it's Medicare, could be state disability that you contribute to. So here in California, at least 22% goes to the IRS, 10% goes to California, and then the rest goes to Medicare and Social Security. So it may seem like 40% is a lot and it seems like it's plenty. But when you look at where the IRS component is, only 22%, chances are you're married, you probably have a spouse that makes income, you're probably at 32 or 35 or 37% tax. So 22 is not nearly enough. And that's why you end up owing taxes every year. But then 10% for California is enough. And so you don't actually get a state tax bill, at least more commonly you don't. So yeah, that's a big, uh, that's a big issue that people don't realize. I mean, you know, and, and people ask us all the time when they come in, like, 
you know, they start talking about this. I could see on their face already that they're worried about taxes each year. And I, I pause them for a second. I was like, right. are you owing for federal and getting a refund for state? And they're like, how do you know? <laughs> and I was like, no, you know, a little bit of a psychic, but no, but I think it's really, <laughs> it's really because this, this rule, right? This supplemental defaults kind of doesn't do you any favor. Uh, and your company mm-hmm. doesn't really talk so much about that default. Um, but I think there are ways to adjust for it and change it. And so, you know, today it's just, Understanding that that 40% just remember may not be enough. It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy that 40%, you know, so much, but it may not be enough. And understanding where is it not enough. Okay. So that's right. probably the, the biggest myth we have around RSU income right there. Yeah. And starting to see some companies allow some some personal adjustments here. I know. I think it was maybe Apple and Google more locally to us. That's right. Allow you to have that supplemental change for you to edit that 22%. But still, on the whole, that's really rare for you to be able to edit it. So a lot of our clients may work with us on like quarterly tax estimates and things like that. So something to keep in mind. So you're not surprised by that five-figure or six-figure tax bill come April. Tax surprises are never fun. Never fun. Um, let's jump to the next one. Um, uh, and it's a little bit more about now that we've covered the, the taxes coming in, like you, you, you're holding on to this now. Let's talk a little bit more about like diversification, right? And so I think the question that we get or the feeling that we get is like, you're drinking the Kool-Aid at the company, right? Like whatever, whatever company you're working at, you're like, man, this is a great, all right, we hope you feel that way at least. If not, we can probably talk about job gain too, okay? But um, if, you're, if you're loving the company, you're like, yeah, like I have all the, the inside information, we're working on this product and we feel like the company's stock is gonna go through the roof. Okay, maybe that's true if you're working for Tesla right now and it's gone through the roof, but what is it gonna come back down, right? And so uh, the thought is my company is the best, right? Just keep it, right? So, so give us some thoughts there, Nate, on, on that. Like, how should we think about when you've received this, right? It's, is it just paper money? Like, how do I think about it as part of my finances? Yeah. Yeah, I think a great counter question to that is, uh, I mean, just to understand it very quickly, right? If, if you're receiving this, it's not any different from a tax component uh, as you're receiving bonus in cash, right? They're basically giving you a bonus, but in stock. And so if you turn that question around a little bit. Great one we ask all the time is if this company gave you cash, would you then go use that cash to buy the company's stock? The answer is no, then why are you keeping your RSUs? Right? That doesn't make sense. We should be selling those RSUs. Um, so just looking at it from a diversification sake and do we want to hold the stock perspective? Uh, think about it that way is would you use your own cash to go buy those shares? And if the answer is no, then we probably shouldn't hold those shares. We should just turn it into cash because you, you can't. You do have that option. Uh, you may be subject to trading windows, so there might be some nuance to that, but you do have the flexibility to just outright sell it. You don't have to accumulate 100% of your investment assets in your company stock, which we do see from some clients. We do. And it's probably, I mean, uh, if a lot of clients who are young on our end, this was their first job. It doesn't surprise us at all that like all their money is inside of the company. Uh, I've already, um, you know, when we talk about this, right. And we talk about selling it to cash, the question right after that, that we get is like, the cash doesn't make sense. Right. Like why would I sell RSU? Right. So when we talk about that, 
we just have to remember as part of your whole picture, like you're right, like we have to figure out like how much cash you need and hold on to. But selling RSUs, you could easily, and the suggestion actually is reinvesting that, right, cash from the RSUs back into just general market investments. Now, if we're talking about general market investments and that confuses you or, or there's some uh, uh, hesitancy about doing that, there's, there's a longer conversation that can be had and, and we'll be doing further uh, 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 short series like this to be able to clarify some of that. Uh, in fact, sure. on our Facebook, uh, on our Facebook uh, page right now on the live Facebook, if you wanna post topics that you're interested in hearing about, feel free to do so. Nathan and I and the company is willing to look at these topics and create more content for you guys that makes sense, right? To craft a, something that, that is interesting for you, okay? Uh, but ultimately, it's, it's, it's about selling those shares to be diversified so that you can reinvest in the broader market growth, right? So you're not just tied to one boat, right? It's, it's about the whole ocean going up and down, okay? Um, uh, yeah. so and just to piggyback off of that, I mean, we're talking about tax. Right. And so a lot of people have this fear like, oh, my God, I can't sell it for 365 days. I have to wait for long term capital gains. I don't want to run into tax issues when I sell it. Um, now, that in itself is a little bit of a myth as well. Right. The reason that they're withholding 40 percent tax for you as soon as you vest those shares, it's considered ordinary income. And so you actually have your cost basis equal to the stock price at that day. So actually, if you sell it that day, there isn't any time for growth on that stock to happen. And so if you happen to choose to sell it the day that you vest it, you're not incurring additional tax because we had no time for additional capital gains to take place. But if you've already vested shares in the last quarter or the last couple of quarters, it really depends on how much growth you've seen. It could make sense for older shares for you to hold on for long-term capital gains. But that is, again, the reason they are withholding 40% tax is it's already considered income today that you vest. And so selling shortly after doesn't give you a lot of time for additional capital gains, which means you don't have a necessary you know, additional tax burden on top of uh, you vesting those shares. So I think that in itself is a little myth that we should bust right now too. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and that's a question that comes up a lot, which is, you know, uh, and, and the, uh, I'll, I'll actually rephrase a question a client sent me just recently, which is like, Hey Alfred, I won't or I don't want to sell this 10k worth of shares I vested because I don't want it to be capital gains. I don't want it to show up on my tax return. And and I think that's that big one that Nate just mentioned. Guess what? It's already on your tax return. It's already right. showing up. And I think um, most people do get surprised when uh, they look at their W2, the form that shows all of your income in one year. If you're getting equity compensation and that those RSUs are being vested, being taken over by you. You're getting them in your account each year. Guess what? Mm -hmm. That dollar times the number of shares you got that year shows up on that tax form. Okay. And when it shows up on the tax form, I tell them you've made X this year. They're like, wait, no, I didn't. Right. I was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> right. probably, that's probably because if you're working for some of the big tech firms, sometimes up to half, maybe less than that, but like half of your compensation is coming from shares. And they're not even realizing it, right? They're not realizing it. Right. It happens often, okay? So I think for us, it's, you know, talking to you about the true worth of those RSUs, right? Yes, there are shares, but they're also real. They're worth real money. And the IRS doesn't care whether they came in shares or dollars. It's still a dollar that they're going to tax you on, okay? 
exactly. Um, so so it's good to good to remember that. Are there, you know, key targets to think about? Like if you maybe this isn't your first job, right, uh, Nate? Right? Maybe this is my second or third job, and uh, you know I've I've accumulated company shares. Like how much should we really be thinking about, right? In company shares, like as a percentage of your overall picture. Sure. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, like if we're keeping a bunch of stock tied to the company that you work for, what's it going to look like if that stock falls? If they have to then go through layoffs, like do we really want our investment assets to fall? And now we're worrying about changing yeah. jobs and finding that next employment. That would be such a bad day. And I think people forget that that can happen. I mean, we've just been so fortunate over the last decade to have such a tremendous market, especially within technology companies, that won't happen forever. I mean, people forget about the dot-com bubble burst. It, it can happen. Um, and so our general rule of thumb is maybe 10, as much as 15% of your total investment assets tied to your company stock, um, which could be a dramatic change for a lot of people. I mean, it's definitely not uncommon for us to see clients come to us and get 50% or more of their investment side to the company stock because they chose not to sell it. Now that might have worked. Like I said, we had such a long bull market the last 10 years that could have worked out very well for you. But at the end of the day, diversification is going to make it easier for you to sleep at night, I think. And we're yeah. going to avoid that really horrific day of the stock tanking and you having to worry about that next job. Absolutely. Uh, that, that makes sense. And you have to add to that when you're at the company, there could be times in which you can't sell the stock. Right, whatever information right that you may hold for the company, there are things called blackout windows, right? And so uh, you may not be thinking about it now, but as you go through life events, liquidity, so the need or the ability to access your money, becomes more and more important, right? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so uh, it's something to keep in mind that when you hold that company shares, there are some limits sometimes of when you can sell as well, right? Uh, and don't forget unvested shares, right? If you're going to keep working for the company. Likelihood is they're going to, and you're doing a good job, right? So you have to be doing a good job at the company. If you're doing a good job, <laughs> they like you, they're going to give you more shares. And we call those unvested shares. And guess what? Once they've granted you those unvested shares, and, and they do a pretty good job of enticing you, right? They show it in the account how much, right? Your golden handcuffs, people say, like, how much is this golden handcuff worth? Well, right, that continue, continues to grow as the share price grows, or it could go down too, but when you're selling to bring it down to 10, 15%, it's not like you're losing out on a whole, whole lot too. You have more that you can claim on the upside. Right? So, yeah, I think clients forget that all the time because they're like, I don't want to sell the shares because I want to participate in the upside of my company. But to your point, your unvested shares will be worth more if the stock price goes up. So you're still participating. We're just being a little more conservative and diversifying from that. Awesome. So we do want to keep these uh, series short. That's the whole point. Like you guys stay engaged, listen to them. And we want to talk about a lot more uh, topics. Uh, the next one of our Money Mythbusters series is going to be talking about bonus income. So very similar to RSU income, but just thinking about how bonus income, what people tell us all the time about their bonuses and how it's taxed as well. Okay. Uh, and before we sign off today on this uh, 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 live on Facebook, I think one of the things that we want to bring to you is that uh, the education portion of this. I think, uh, you know, a little background when we started Compass, it's an idea that, you know, advice should be easier to get. Like, it doesn't have to be hard. You don't need to have a million dollars to get sound financial advice. And that's what we're here for, right? Is to be able to bring that uh, educational side to you guys. And now in a way, in a short series that it's just little topics that we see and hopefully that you find this helpful 
Uh, and we hope to hear from you guys uh, through the comments over time as well to say what topics that you guys want to learn about, okay? Uh, if you're interested in wanting to learn more about other topics or interesting to learn more about the details of this topic in itself, we're going to need to spend more time on that. And you can find uh, ways to uh, learn about our services through our webpage at compasscmg.com. And you'll see the way that we structured it is, uh, again, learning about the education. So packages about a, a educational boot camp that you can sign up for. Or in this case, if you're really just wanting to strategize about the stocks and the equity, we actually have a specific uh, uh, carved out and curated product for just equity compensation. So something to learn about, okay? Uh, please feel free to give us feedback on, on social media and, and share topics again that you want to hear more about. Uh, and again, I have to end with the idea that this is for educational purposes, right? And it's not so specific to any scenario. Um, and if, if that's the case that you want to learn more about specific scenarios, reach out to us, okay? Um, Nate, anything else to add to, to this series? I, I think it was uh, something that, again, we're excited to kick off the ground here, but anything to add to it? Yeah, I think uh, similar to this one, I think the bonus is going to be a very interesting one for next week. Uh, again, the myth for that one is just people think bonuses tax at a higher rate. So let's go ahead and learn about that one. I'm looking forward to it. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for all that's joining us. And uh, we'll look forward to having you guys soon again. Uh, next, we're going to try to do these every week um, and uh, target uh, a five o'clock time or sorry, a Friday time around four o'clock as well. Okay, so uh, we'll look forward to, to seeing you guys at the next one. All right, cool. Thank you.